Our culture might be telling you that your small daily choices don't matter, but every daily sip, bite, song, walk, prayer, chat, and snooze doesn't amount to nothing. It amounts to eternity. Welcome to the Daily Nothings Podcast. I'm your host, Courtney Roach. Let's dive into what our world thinks means nothing. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Daily Nothings Podcast. My name is Courtney, and Megan is also on the mic. And Hi, if everyone. you're new here, we're so happy you're here. Hi. How's it going? How's it going? Megan is um, here live and sweaty, everybody. We were just talking about it. <laughs> I have had it with this heat, and I know I've talked about it before, but I... Basically, to give you an image, my sister watches this sweet, sweet little boy, Mm -hmm. and she put him in his car seat yesterday, and his car seat is black, and he goes, too hot, too hot, car seat too hot, inside, 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 and I was like, that's how I feel, I am so hot, it's like genuinely summer all of a sudden, like 96 degrees, and I am just like, what is going on, so Megan is a sweaty, cute mess today, tell everyone what is going on. Yeah, so our AC is not working again. Um, I can't with it. I can't either. I think we thought Mm -hmm. we fixed the problem. There is a bigger problem, and... It was 90 degrees and humid today, and I am Mm-mm. upstairs recording this, so it is just... Uh, the heat has risen hot. even more. It yeah. is hot. So, it is it okay. It is hot. We will survive, but yes, it's not that fun. And I, I just, again, I don't understand the sweet trollops of individuals that are like, I just love the heat. I've never ever said that in my life i've never i love winter i love the cold i'm one of those but yeah. i just like this kind of heat I, no ma'am this kind of heat like texans they live for that crap right or like it's a so desert, weird a desert heat like i i love you like that summer. you would you probably know, like love, the weather right now here. yeah because it's yeah. dry heat and that's how right. southern california is and that's what i like summer was my favorite season because it was just like you get to be outside every day and it's hot and you can go in the pool and all these fun things. And it's like, it's not oppressive for very right. long, but it is yeah. oppressive in Indiana. The heat and humidity, you like can't go outside it's heavy. sometimes. It's heavy. It's you so, like can't breathe. I know. I know we talk yeah. about weather far too often. But I right think now, people are it's used important. to it. Yeah, you're they right. They expect right. it. It's part of the current events. I feel like yeah. we're both in a season where there's like, so many things going on that is summer to a t it's like yeah there's so many things going on but you also are like doing nothing at the same time i don't really feel like i'm doing nothing no. at all um <laughs> or ever but no. <laughs> it's kind of like i i don't know is that like a social norm of it's like yeah i don't really have anything going like what's it like megan what are you what's going on with oh you? <laughs> yeah i guess my my seasonal life is kind of different because i'm a stay-at-home mom and so i my weeks are free and i just kind of fill them like i went on a coffee date with my friend rachel today and tomorrow i'm getting coffee with my friend laura and See, that's cute. I clean my house and I go yeah, try cute. on shoes and I go to Goodwill and shop. Right, <laughs> right, right. So I do kind of have nothing going on, but they're just, <laughs> but it's just, yeah. it's so different. It is, it, is. it is a blessing. And, you know, obviously taking care of Ellie goes in with all of that, but it's a different right. season of life than uh, of course, working of person course. for sure. 
Right, right. Yeah, I don't know. It just feels like that that time of year. I just like imagine. Okay, we all know actually when this podcast comes out, the season, the new season of the summer I turn pretty will be out, which is something that like I cannot. I cannot tell you how excited I am for it. Have you watched this, Megan? I have we talked about this at all? I haven't. All? No. I know you like it because you read it in be, book club, but I yes, haven't watched it. I'm not going to be obnoxious and do the normal thing where I always scream and say, what? And I'm like, what is going yeah. on with you? Yeah. Because I'm not really in that kind of a place today. Okay? That's, I'm going to be authentic. That's great for me. Yeah. I, that's great for you. <laughs> I... I love it so much. I don't know. Like, it's got, it's like smidgens and pinches of wokeness because absolutely everything does. Yeah. But for the most part, genuinely, for someone that has a very strict guard up when it comes to pure television. Yeah. It is a fantastic show. And the new season comes out on the 14th, which is this Friday. And we're recording on a Wednesday. And I... I'm so excited. I'm really surprised you haven't seen it because it's such a Taylor Swift show. Really? Oh my gosh. I mean, she's all over the place. Really? She is just like I really don't know so anything many, about this. So many show. of her songs. Basically, what I was getting at though is I just imagine a summer where I am at Cousins Beach and like all I have to do, that's where the movie the show takes place. Okay. All I have to do is like go lay out and like read books. Like girls that are like yeah. summer reads. I'm like Yeah. When are you doing that? And I love reading and I do read, but like I am not, I am not going to the pool or to the beach or to the lake. Like I'm not living there. I wish I was. No, Courtney, I was literally just thinking, I was like, I think when you think of summer, you're like, oh, that's what my summer is going to look like. And there's literally not one day that your summer looks like that. No. It's like the most unrealized expectation. Absolutely. (laughs) Every, every summer, (coughs) pardon me. Every summer, I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm going to spend it sailing and (laughs) hosting picnics in my backyard, and I'll make fresh lemonade weekly and cook for all my friends Mm -hmm. and host bonfires and eat s'mores. I haven't done that crap since... High school, (laughs) when you like literally are out for the summer, right? That doesn't exist anymore. But I like just I over romanticize (laughs) absolutely everything, and so realistically, my summer has not looked like that. And um, it's just like summer is wedding season, and honestly, nothing has really been that wild to report. McLean was here this past week. We loved having her on the podcast last episode it was so fantastic so so amazing we like went downstairs and made dinner we made the salmon afterwards (laughs) and I was just like wow I just like I I can't explain how good it feels to be doing the Lord's will like I Mm. just know when I am done recording these episodes there's just this like joy that happens in my heart it just feels so whole and I'm like this is what I was made for and that is just such a cool feeling and she was like honestly yeah like I just feel this joy of like we just did something really great for Jesus and I'm like yeah that's exactly true and so yeah yeah it was just really great and I honestly think that that's kind of been the focal point which has led us to today's topic that we'll get to in a little bit but just like doing what the Lord wills for you it just feels really good um Absolutely. And so that's what I've been striving to live out. I mean, it's yeah. really just been 
as ordinary as it gets for me. Like, yeah, which is still chaotic. I don't feel like I have. Yeah, but I'm preparing to leave for Florida this coming Friday. When this mm-hmm. comes out, I will be done with my trip in Florida. Yeah, going to celebrate my high school bestie Elizabeth at her bachelorette so party. Fun. We're having a main character energy night where we're all dressing as main characters from Y2K films so naturally I am going as the princess of Genovia Mia Thermopolis (laughs) and I cannot wait for everyone to see my costume oh my gosh I'm so excited I can't wait it's gonna be great I was really like what can I do that will have a slicked back hairstyle because it's gonna be 96 degrees with a 75 like 75% humidity or something obnoxious like that and like no wonder gators live there it's hell (laughs) yeah well so well said florida florida is not for me no No offense to all of you that live there i hate that state so much (laughs) you have had you have had good times in florida i know it but i know you would never live there yeah no not gonna happen no not gonna happen yeah no Mm mm-hmm yeah, I will say I feel so, like I feel like our past couple weeks we have prayed a lot more than usual. I was just I feel like we've started dude, living out some things we've been talking about. The habit about. is sticking in. It's happening to both of us. Praise the Lord. I know. I know. Yeah. I know. People, it. it's possible. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's possible. I don't know how long this will last, but I, I feel pray like forever. for the last three weeks or so, Cordy and I have yeah. been like semi consistently going to a chapel and praying. And that is the Lord's work. That is the grace of God. That is the Lord's work because that is just not how it's been. No, No. it's really, really. We talked about it for so long. The Lord's legitimately (laughs) provided, like, too. I mean, I feel like although things have been pretty standard for us, like, every week it's been like, what on earth do we record about? Do we need to take a week off? Yeah. Life has been crazy and unstable. I feel like there's no motivation. And then the Lord's like, here you go. And I was thinking about that when I was driving home. I was praying a rosary and I was like driving home from work today. And I was like, yeah. that is just also so affirming that this is what the Lord wants. Like so many of you reach out and you're like, the Holy Spirit's moving, blah, 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 blah. Those yeah. things mean the world, but it's even more affirming to be like, Lord, we're recording tonight. I need a topic because yeah. I want to pursue this podcast and I want to continue to give things that you want me to give, but I'm right. not going to give anything to these this audience if you don't want it. Right. And then the Lord's like, here you go, over and over again. Just like yep. desires to be in charge and lead the lead the team. Like, yeah. it's just, it's amazing. It's it really so good. is. And I yeah. think that's like, and it's kind of specific for us with the podcast, but I think that's true for all of our listeners' lives as well. Just like whatever, right. I don't know. The Lord seriously provides and sometimes it just feels like he's not going to and then he he really does when it is his will and i feel like i've started to be able to trust that he'll provide especially podcast topics i feel like my anxiety about that has really decreased the past month or so because i'm just like i just know he will i'm like when we get there we will have something to talk about that he wants us to talk about right because he provides for us in abundance and because he loves this podcast yeah Yeah. it's amazing so just uh have faith that the lord will provide for you no matter what the endeavors is my little um thing i will say right now (laughs) yeah absolutely have great trust in that and oh my gosh i'm just honestly eager to get into this podcast because i feel like everything that we're talking about with his provision is 
correlated to this topic. Megan and I yeah. were talking about it, and I was like, whoa, we actually are qualified to talk about it. I just can't believe yes. it. So I'm just excited so to dive good. on yeah. in. Courtney, you should dive in. I feel like you really kind of brought this topic up first. Okay. So maybe yeah, kind sure. of talk about where <clears throat> the idea came from, like yeah. what was going on in prayer, what was going on in your life. Share yeah, a little. Totally. Totally. So although I feel like things have been pretty standard, I've also been my normal level of crackhead Courtney, exhausted, stressed out, overbooking, saying yes and never no. Like all of that leads to so many things because, um, yeah, I had this beautiful image in prayer or not in prayer, in therapy, same diff. And um, I was talking about how badly I need to say no to things because I feel like Jesus is driving the blue convertible that I have been riding in with him. Yeah. And the back seat is like open because it's open air convertible, you know, all yeah. access to the breeze that he loves. And the back seat is full of beach balls. And the beach balls are all of these problems and circumstances <laughs> and plans that other people have given me that I don't want to carry. And all I'm worrying about is keeping my hands on this massive pile of beach balls that are in the backseat of a convertible and Jesus is driving and I could care less that he's driving the creator of the universe in the front seat (laughs) because I'm so freaking concerned about keeping the beach balls in the car when actually he's the driver and he is trying to let the beach balls fly out of the vehicle on purpose. And... So I was like going wow. into the chapel fully aware of these frick fracking beach balls. <laughs> and I was just like, Lord, we know about this. I'm excited to get this going with you. But of course, per usual, I'm here with an agenda. I know you love when I do that. And I'm going to need us to get to the beach ball image at a later <laughs> date because I have a holy half and I need you to provide a podcast topic in 30 minutes or less. Go. <laughs> And I was just, like, stressed and mad at myself because I was like, I hate that this is where I'm at right now, Lord. Like, I'm so upset that I'm here demanding creative inspiration right yeah. now. But, but also, like, if it's honest, not going to come. No, and I, yeah. he loves the honesty. It's better that you go in exactly. honest I'm not instead gonna of trying pretend. to be pretty and perfect. Exactly. Exactly. And I'm not going to pretend, and he knows me, I'm not going to pretend that I can sit here and be like, yeah, let's talk about beach balls today. Like, there's no chance. I'm yeah. crazy. It's not happening. And so, I mean, obviously it could have if he really steered course, the ship and course, course. wanted us to. But I was just very honest. And um, I was like, also, Lord, if you don't want me to record a podcast this week, we can take a week and I yeah. will not record anything because I'd rather record nothing than record something forced and heretical. Yeah. And so we were just praying and I was like so distracted, like thinking through details for this bachelorette that I need to cover and thinking through the work that I need to get done before I leave for Florida and what I need to pack and why that dress that I ordered isn't in yet. It was supposed to get here yesterday and mm-hmm. like all this yeah. stuff. And then I would stop myself from this train of beach balls and I was like, okay, Lord, I'm serious. Like, I am trying so hard to give these things to you and it's not going well. I need you to help me. I'm so poor. Please, please help me. 
and I just felt this nudge to read the gospel. And I felt like time was flying. Like I kept looking at the clock and I was like, oh, 10 more minutes, then I've got to leave for work. Sick. We've gotten nowhere. I've sat (laughs) in my own thoughts. And so I pick up my phone and I go to the Magnificat app because I haven't changed my shipping address yet. Mm. And I scroll down past the first reading and I just read the gospel. And at first I was like, awesome. The gospel for today is listing off all the apostles. We all know it. We all love it. We Mm -hmm. all see the characters from the chosen when we read it. This isn't giving me anything to list off who the apostles are. And then he says at the end of it, I'm actually going to just pull it off because he says it better than I. Yeah. He says at the end of it, um, Jesus sent out these 12 after instructing them thus. Do not go into pagan territory or enter a Samaritan town. Go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. As you go, make this proclamation. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. And all I, all I really got was, as you go, make this proclamation. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. And I was like, yeah, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Like, all of these plans, all of these concerns that I am so seriously stressed about to the point of sweating is it genuinely doesn't matter because the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Time is not ours. I say it so often on this podcast, but Satan's biggest lie that we believe so consistently is that we have so much time when the reality is every single day could be your last. And that's a pretty morbid way to think about things. So then we don't, which is healthy. But am I living in this way that's like, oh my gosh, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Like, do I act like this is actually true? And so I started praying with that and I was like, okay, Lord, like that's really sticking out. Is that something that you want me to bring to this podcast? And then I like start thinking through it and I'm thinking through how I live my life. And I'm like, bro, I can't talk about that Mm -hmm. on a podcast. Like my life's messy. Like I say bad words sometimes. And like, I like to flaunt my booty a little bit too much because (laughs) I know I can with my free will. (laughs) And I like to like all these things that I'm just like being very harsh on myself for. And just very much thinking and saying to him, like, I'm not qualified to talk about that. And you guys know as listeners how seriously I take that of, like, if I don't feel qualified, I'm not going to share it. And there's times when he's made it clear that, like, yeah, you're not, and I don't want you to speak on that. But when it comes to sharing the gospel and telling people that the kingdom of heaven is at hand, I felt so inadequate because it's massive. It's the greatest daily nothing of all. And Jesus very sincerely looks at me and says... That's exactly what my apostles said to me. Mm. And I was like, okay, <laughs> fine. Yeah. yeah. Um, fair. Good play. That's yeah. a good one. Like, <laughs> Check you're me. correct there, yeah. sir. Yeah, you won. <laughs> um, and I am thinking, I mean, I love that scene in The Chosen when he, like, sits everyone down for dinner. I think it's in season three. And he basically is like, all right, fam, so... Um, You're going to go out two by two. You guys are going to hit this area. You're going to hit this region. You're going to go to this town. And they're all like, what? And they're terrified. And they're like, no, no, no. And like when you look at it chronologically from like the Chosen's perspective, it really does seem like they just got started. Like they just got their groove going. And they're going to like take over if Jesus keeps them together as this like massive unit. 
But he's like, no, we've got work to do, and time is of the essence. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Yeah. Get to it. Like, we've got to go. I'm sorry that you don't feel qualified. You literally never will. And yeah. that's why I was like, okay, well, I'm going to talk about this with Megan. And we started talking through it. And I was like, this absolutely has to be discussed because we've talked in and around this topic the entire mm-hmm. time. The entire mm-hmm. thing of the daily nothings is this. Every sip, bite. I always want to say dog, walk, and that's not what I say. <laughs> Song, walk. <laughs> Jog, prayer, walk, chat, prayer, snooze. chat, and <laughs> they're all for the kingdom. Um, yeah. But then to, like, go straight at it and literally take the bull by its horns is, like, are you spreading the gospel? And do you let your feeling of inadequacy completely get in the way of that? Because that will never change. You will feel inadequate forever. I mean, read the readings of the saints. They think they're unworthy to go to heaven. And we're reading their words like, bro, you've been walking on literal nails for six months. You're definitely going to heaven, you know? Yeah. Um, Yeah. So, I don't know. That's kind of where it all started. And my stars do. I have so many thoughts. But Megan does, too. Yeah. Well, I feel like I have so many new thoughts, even from what we talked about earlier. Oh, praise God. Holy Spirit flow. Are you just not thinking about being a first-year focus missionary and <laughs> yeah, the terror totally. of, like, it's totally. like, all right, here's, like, six weeks of training. Um, yeah. <laughs> you're going to go share the gospel with random strangers on college campus. Totally. Have totally. fun. Good luck. And it's just, right. like, I feel like when you've been in that situation, you're just like, oh, I am very inadequate. I am. I yeah. can't do this. I cannot do this. Mm-mm. The Holy Spirit will have to do this for me. And yeah. I think that's like such a big thing we have to realize. Because, yes, we are all called to share the gospel. Like, yeah. we are all called to be missionary disciples. And that is just the truth of the matter. And it can feel like, oh, that's for some people. It's not for me. But the truth is as baptized sons and daughters of Christ, we all have the Holy spirit in us and yeah, he will do the work if we will let him do the work. And if we right. have the courage to go out and share, and that can look like so many things. I'm not saying you have to go up to a random stranger in a food hall and say, right. hi, can I share the gospel with you? But right. maybe, maybe, Maybe not, you know, and that might be your call. That's the thing too. Like so many people are called in so many different ways. And I think that as of late, like even when I think of being a first year missionary, there was so much of me that was literally scared to the point of wanting to vomit. But then there was this other part of me that was like, no, I'm a focus missionary. I can do this. Yeah. I'm a focus missionary. Like that title meant a lot to me. Yeah. And It, like, gave me this confidence Mm -hmm. of, like, no, I literally gave up everything for this job. I can do this. I'm obsessed with the Lord. There's a lot of parts about this that terrify me completely, but I know he's got me. And that was so scary in its way. And now it's like, I'm just Courtney. I'm just a young adult, single woman that has materialism problems and really wants to be married 
and swears a little bit too much, but loves the rosary, is obsessed with the Eucharist, and will do whatever the Lord asks her to do. Mm. Like, that makes me feel so normal that it's like, no, I'm just going to keep my mission to be in this cute closet where I get on a microphone with my best friend and I talk about what I want to talk about and then I can wipe my hands and I can say, I've done my part and I've done my part to share the gospel Mm -hmm. and then I'm going to move on with my life and I might live in a two-toned way where the Hannah Montana wig comes out a little bit more than it used to and, you know, it's like I had this, because of that label of like, I'm a focused missionary, I... I don't know. No, I feel I like mean. you might understand what I mean. And I, yeah, it's like, I just the like standards, had, the standards were so high and you yeah. know, people were looking at you at your every move. Like, right. what are you wearing? What are you saying? What are you listening to? What are you yeah. watching? If a focus yeah. missionary can do it, I'm allowed to do it. Yeah. And so we had and to like watch our every move. Totally. And then once the titles were moved, it's like, Oh, I'm free. Yeah, or even like when you go up to a stranger at a cafe and you introduce yourself, because I did that crap all the time as a focus missionary, you had this social like um, excuse, if you will, of being like, so I'm a missionary. Exactly. And then they're like, oh, but if I, just being me, (laughs) walked up to someone at Starbucks and was like, hey, do you have a few moments to chat? And then they found out that I was just a normal girl that, like, introduced (laughs) myself. They would be like, that was weird. And then, like, maybe be moved by it and we're friends forever. Or they're like, that was weird. Okay. Yeah. That was strange, you know, because that was my profession. It's what I do. And now it's like, okay, that part of evangelization is not in my day to day. And nor am I saying, though, that it's supposed to be. Like, I'm not saying that I need to go and bare hand in my free time to be a good disciple of the Lord. Yeah. But the things that I do need to be doing are boldly praying before every single meal. No matter how uncomfy it is for the person across from me. No matter if I have to stop the conversation and say, I'm so sorry, would you mind praying with me for just a moment? That's not weird. That's being a bold disciple. That's inviting Jesus into a little moment for, what, 15 seconds? Yeah. Like, that is a good opportunity to do so. (laughs) We can do that. Yeah. I can start a Bible study like I've been saying I wanted to do for the past six months. I could actually pull that trigger. Yeah. I could, with my other Catholic friends that are Catholic but kind of like falling away a little bit, I can say, hey, I'm going to go to the chapel every morning this week. I know you live in the same neighborhood. Do you want to swing by? And come with me. I'll be there from 9 to 10 every single morning. That's obviously a not real example because I work at 9. But, like, those types of things where it's like, oh, yeah, I noticed that so-and-so doesn't come to Mass every Sunday anymore. Like, that's an easy win, y'all. That's an easy win. That's a fish that's already, like, dipped their (laughs) their little fin in the pool. And now they're (laughs) flopping on the hot cement, the hot 96-degree dry cement. (laughs) And you just got to pick them up and toss them back in the water. Like, yeah. I don't know. There's so many examples, but I just feel very passionately about this because if you are a part of ministry or you were a part of ministry, I think you're really going to get this kind of like, okay, what now? Um, Exactly. Feeling, you know? Yeah. 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 I guess it's really interesting. One thing that's coming to mind is 
I there could be some people listening and they're like, what do you mean share the gospel? Yeah. <laughs> that is a phrase. <laughs> let's go back to the very let's beginning. Let's just go back and just kind of define what it means to share the gospel. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> do you no, have a gospel presentation, Courtney? Oh honestly? my gosh, I'm so dead. Um, I did. <laughs> I So this honestly ties into a point that we wanted to cover together, Megan, of like personal witness. Yeah. And my favorite way to do it Basically, (laughs) we used to, as focus missionaries, way back in the day, before I was even a missionary, um, there was this little booklet that they give us, and it was like this whole gospel presentation, and it was the corniest thing you've ever seen in your world, (laughs) and it was like, literally like this booklet that, thank God they got rid of it, they all knew it needed to go, but it was this little booklet of like, Jesus did this to die for your sins, he loves you this much. Then sin entered in. Where is sin in your life now? And it was like a heart on the outside, a heart on the inside, a heart. Like on the line, like outside, on the line like, of the circle or something. Yeah, yeah. Like inside the circle, outside the circle, on the line of the circle or something like that. Yeah. It was just corny, right? Like yeah. that's not, that's kind of like the vibe that you get. It gives the same vibe of like, have you heard of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ? Yeah, like it's a meme. Sure. People make fun of it. It's not approachable. It's got such good roots to it and it's oh, got yeah. such good meaning to it. Absolutely. And You're it worked saying, very exactly. well for me. Like yeah. they gave me that pamphlet and I was like, shoot, okay, where is sin in my life? Where right. is Jesus in my life? Um, but... Yeah, I think that then we kind of shifted things in focus to have it being more of a personal testimony situation. And for me, whenever I would share the gospel, like very practically, I always started with sharing my testimony and the way that I lived before I was Catholic, um, how I was raised in a Protestant um, church and how great my parents are and how much they have invested in me and my faith and how much they cared for it. And then how I was in high school and how much I resisted it and just didn't care about the faith. And then I got to college and I was introduced to the Catholic Church and I was very curious about it. And just like that kind of example that I've shared before on this podcast. And then, yeah, I would then go and ask them after sharing my testimony. Like I would kind of wrap it up with my current state. Like if I were to share it now, I would give my testimony and then I would say, then I was a focus missionary for this many years and now I'm not in focus anymore. But I'm really, really striving my very best to make Jesus the center of my life still. And I can tell you for a fact that working in the real world and not being 100% in ministry is so, it's so challenging. And I fall a lot. I struggle a lot. But no matter what, I am convicted that the Eucharist is my fuel. The Eucharist is my absolute necessity and that Jesus loves me way too much for whatever I do to push me too far away from him. Mm-hmm. So if I just in my free will that I always can be in charge of, that is what I have, my free will. In my free will, if I can continue to get back up and I can continue to go back to Jesus, I know he will take care of the rest. And then I would say to them, where do you think you are in regards to believing that Jesus can take care of it all for you? And like mm-hmm. leaving that question and just seeing where it goes from there. Um, yeah. Because in a way, it's like, yeah, I didn't quote scripture. I didn't share a reading from the catechism. Yeah. I told them about my life and what yeah. happened with my life with Jesus. And I let them know my woundedness and my hurt while I was doing it. And then after that, I was like, 
hey, I'm imperfect. I'm here to talk about how imperfect I am, but also how much Jesus loves those imperfections and how much I'm still working very hard and that that will never stop. Where are you with it? And then what what just happens? You've shared your struggles. They're going to share mm-hmm. theirs or their victories. Yeah. And then you have an opportunity because you've just shared a little slice of yourself to be like, hey, do you want to hold each other accountable and try to go to adoration three times together every single week? And then you're going and you're living mission in your current place of life. I think that that is a great way of explaining sharing the gospel because it doesn't. And for some intellectuals, that's not going to work. Like you've got to share the words. You've got to share the catechism. You've got to share the truth. Because the Lord is in charge, he has never put one of those people in my path. <laughs> the closest thing the closest thing is my sweet, sweet, sweet friend Ashley, who is getting married so soon and listens to this podcast. And she is a little brainiac, but she's also yeah. got very many features that are similar to mine. Yeah. And she tr- she challenged me and I was like, okay, Lord, Uh-oh. I know you want her in my life for a reason, but I need you to like give me some brain cells <laughs> because I'm like, but he loves you. And they're yeah. like, where does it say that? And I'm like, right. in my heart, do you want to see? <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah. yeah, it's like, I think that that is, I mean, that's how I go about sharing the gospel. That's how I did it on campus and my stars. It's been a minute since yeah. I did that in person and it feels so good to do it because Jesus takes over and it's just this extremely joyful like wow you're talking about me with other people and your free will your chosen topic is me and I love you with everything you're my whole world and I am so honored and flattered that you're talking about me right now keep going you can do this and he's just going to give you everything to be able to execute it well you know yeah Oh, that's so good. Thanks for sh- I think that's just like it's such a good example to see like what a quote unquote formal gospel presentation looks like. Sure. And sure. I, we're not necessarily saying like, OK, everyone go out and do a gospel presentation and log mm-hmm. it in your little thing. But I think yeah. it's like when you see the wholeness of what a gospel presentation can look like, you can kind of right. like pick apart those pieces and think, how can I practically share the gospel in my everyday right. and it's it's like those moments of being humble like right. you said and sharing your struggle it might not be sharing your whole testimony but being like right. man i am really struggling with this thing right now like i am gossiping right. so much all the time or something sure. and being like i know that with god's grace i can stop doing that if i would just go to confession and like really ask for his grace because he has done it for me so many times like right that is an actual conversation you could probably have with anyone (laughs) right that's not really that deep but it is that deep at the same time and i think those are like those little daily nothings where instead of being vulnerable and being honest and humble with ourselves and with others it's like it's so hard to do that. But if we would just oh, do yeah. it, we could be sharing the gospel so easily, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think about that often um, when I, like, I don't know if you guys do this, but <clears throat> I, it's like, there's so many things coming to my mind right now. It's so exciting. Um, <laughs> I'm like, breathe, Courtney. You're getting excited, worked <laughs> up. Um, but... First thing, I feel like when I would do this and I would be walking with um, students at the University of Wisconsin, there would be so many things where they were like, I just can't stop doing this. 
And I would just remind them that like the Holy Spirit's never not with them. The Holy Spirit's always thinking about them. If the Holy Spirit wasn't thinking about you, you would cease to exist. And there's those moments when you're, you're in life and you're doing something and then your gut goes, "Mm, that shouldn't have happened. Mm -hmm. And that those are the moments that like in your wisdom, you knew what to choose and you didn't choose it. That can be drinking in excess, sleeping with someone, making out with a stranger, but it also can be, I didn't pray for my meal. Mm-hmm. It can be something very small. Yeah. And I want us to focus on the small things, obviously the big things too, but just for a second, I want to focus on the small things because yeah. I, I do that crap constantly. I am on that like a drug, just disregarding the very, very small it's okay. It's not a big deal. We're in yeah. the middle of a conversation. I don't need to, I don't need to pause and do that really, really quickly. And in the grand scheme of things, the Lord's mercy is always abundant, right? Of course. But then I realize over time that I've become to certain people, a certain type of Catholic. Mm. And, um, it honestly, it reminds me of an image that I told Megan about this morning and it comes from, um, a great, great man, Monsignor Shea, mm-hmm. at the University of Mary. And he basically said that the ugliest thing we can be in this world is an empty, an empty monstrance because we're asked to display Christ and to shine him in everything that we do. We're, tabern- mm-hmm. we're tabernacles, right? But then the worst, the ugliest thing in this world is a mo- an empty monstrance. And just thinking about being a monstrance, like, there's such beautiful design. It's obviously Catholic. Many people yeah. know that it's Catholic. If they don't know that it's Catholic, they're going to say, huh, I've never seen that before. Yeah. What is that? They do that what, with you, too. Can you too. say like, what that is real quick? Yeah, a for sure. Um, a monstrance is this, like, gold stand, and it's got a circle in the middle that's got, like, glass on the front, and it's where the Eucharist, so, like, the body of Christ, the little circle host that's at the Mass, goes in the center of it, and there's typically these, like, gold rays that go mm-hmm. around the entire thing. And it's set up in adoration in a little side chapel, typically, or the main chapel of a church where you can go and just look at the body of Christ and pray with it. And when the monstrance is empty, they remove the body of Christ. They put him back in the tabernacle, which is the gold box in the middle of or to the side sometimes of the church, the Catholic church. Mm -hmm. And then it's typically turned to the side so that the center rays are not facing forward. And then you can see that it's open to like clearly indicate like Jesus is not currently in the monstrance. And this morning when I got to the adoration chapel, Jesus was not in the monstrance. And I was just thinking about like how truly the chapel feels different and how in so many ways I live like an empty monstrance so much more than I want to be where it's like it's inherently Catholic. It looks Catholic. It's uh, it's different. People are curious about it. Like me, like I'm inherently Catholic. People know that I'm Catholic. I'm different. People are curious about me. They want to ask questions about me and how I live. Mm-hmm. But then sometimes it's so much more approachable because it's like and right now it's empty. But like imagine showing someone a monstrance for the first time and it's empty and they're like right now it's empty. But typically Jesus is in there. Yeah. And then someone's like Jesus is in there. And they're like, yeah, Jesus is in there. And they think to themselves, yeah, right. But then they also wonder, what does he look like? What happens when he's in there? Yeah. How do things feel differently, right? Wow. And so it's like, it's so much easier when Jesus isn't there, when Jesus isn't physically there. Um, but it doesn't have as much power. It doesn't cause as much change. It doesn't feel as significantly different. Um, Jesus makes things feel 
different. He makes things change. And obviously he was present in spirit. The Holy Spirit yeah. was present. He was present in the tabernacle right behind the chapel. But I was just thinking about that and how I so often will be that way where like people know that I'm Catholic and I have Catholic conversations and I bring Jesus up, but I don't make it so that it's like he is the center. I am representing him. I am showing him to every single person that I meet. And there have been seasons where it's like that, but it's not always like that. And I was just like, I wonder where these people would be in our friendship. I wonder what questions they would have asked. And I think about them and I look at them and I'm like, I want them in heaven so badly, but clearly not badly enough for me to set my discomfort aside before I pray for my meal or when I talk about something and decide to drop a swear word because I know that they're really going to laugh very hard or to agree with this certain type of political issue so that they feel comfortable because I'm so freaking aware of other people's thoughts and opinions that I'm like, I will put myself in whatever social position I need to, to make you comfy, sis. Like, I got you. We're going to have a great time. You know, that's not what life as a disciple is about. That's what I'm talking about with living out mission and sharing the gospel. It's the teeniest of tiny things where you're just denying yourself slightly so that you can actually show people Jesus instead of, a generic friend that they're going to get along with very well and like a lot. That's just not what it's about. But that's truly where I feel like I've been living. And I wanted to make that clear in this because I am figuring so much out right now. But I'm also very convicted of this at the same time. Yeah. I feel like it's that confidence. I don't know. I can just picture myself and like you when we were like full-time missionaries the right. confidence that you walk around with. Yeah. Like there would have been no question. Like when you're doing full-time ministry, like, yeah, of course I'm going to pray before every meal. Everyone is expecting me to, all the students are expecting me to, it's not going to be weird. I'm trying to show people how to do these things. This is part yeah. of my job, whatever. Yeah. And there's so much ease and confidence that comes with that. Sure. And then when you're in those situations, Like, for example, like a bachelorette party where you're going to go and you're not going to know all these women. And it's a little scary because you're like, okay, I want them to like me. I want them to think I'm not weird. They don't they might not know that this is who I am. And there's that like decision to make of like, am I going to walk with my confidence of being a Catholic woman and do those simple little things like praying before a meal? Mm -hmm. Or am I not going to to like keep things less uncomfortable it's like it's such a serious real thing and it's scary and it's crazy how hard it feels in the moment like yeah it is actually debilitating why because it's not just a little simple act of your will you have so much evil against you in all of those moments satan is like vengefully desirous of you you going to hell hell for eternity like yeah he wants everyone in hell bad he is fighting hard for hell to be packed and that's something else that i just want everyone to hear loud and clear right now that hell is just as much on the line as heaven is Mm -hmm. i feel like we always say heaven's on the line and it's like yeah so is hell like I, I just, I, I want us to fear God more and not in the way of like, he's not approachable. He's so scary. Um, he's so distant. 
it's more so like, no, I, I want to live in fear of hell and I want to live in anticipation and excitement for heaven. I don't want to just disregard both and hope for the best. I think yeah. we very often joke as Catholics of like, yeah, well, I'll see you in purgatory. What right. is that wish-washy <laughs> garbage? It's like, maybe you will with that attitude. Right. Like, okay, let's settle for the low bar here. It's like yeah. settling for the guy that you don't really want to marry or yeah. buying the dress that you don't really love how it looks on you, but it's a dress. It's like, this is eternity. <laughs> We're not aware of how long eternity is. We're not aware of what's coming. We're not aware of heaven and how absolutely stellar it is. What's that one saying? I I feel like it was St. Teresa of Avila, but I'm probably wrong because, again, intellectual things, not my strong suit. But it was like if you were aware of the levels of heaven and, like, obtaining the highest, highest level of heaven, like, you would be living an entirely different life. Mm. It's like, it's just all about that. And it's so hard to get there. I know it because I'm reading St. Elizabeth of the Trinity still. And she's over here literally nonstop thinking about heaven and how excited she is to get there and how excited she is for the Lord to take her there, which is to die. (laughs) Um, And I'm over here like, Lord, please get me home safe in this 15 minute commute. I'm scared (laughs) because, you know, because I'm not ready. Yeah. I'm not ready for heaven right now. And I want to be doing things differently before I get there. And I know that many of you probably feel similarly. If you're ready for heaven, teach me what you're doing because I want to be doing that. And I know that there are people that say that, so I'm not even being funny. Yeah. Um, yeah. I remember when my teammate, Justine, would always say that, like, oh, I just can't wait for heaven. I'm, I'm ready to go right now. And I was like, oh, wow. what are you doing behind closed doors? Because I'm not doing the same thing. <laughs> like, wow. I guarantee the Lord is not pleased with how much Gilmore Girls I am taking in at the end of the night when you think I'm sleeping. So let's I'm reevaluate. I'm sorry, I'm so much, but it's, it's true. It's, it's so true. true. Yeah. So I don't know. I also just pray. I pray to God that like we we take this seriously and actually want to like live differently because it's also really easy to talk about these things with your best friends that agree 100 percent. And they'd be like, we're going to go do it. And then we don't go do it ever. And it's like eating healthy or going to the gym, except that is just not as important as this. <laughs> um, yeah, but we don't give it the they same can, weight sometimes. Yeah. No. Yeah, yeah. Like they can help aid in that, though, in that excellence overall, you know. Um, yeah. 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 So I think it, one other thing just from when you were sharing the gospel that you were reading today, just the truth that he sent them out two by two. I just kind of want to reiterate because doing all these things on your own is so hard. So hard. So hard. So it's hard. It's so genuinely difficult. It is like it actually is. a personal I th- triumph. I feel yeah. like we sound like we're going to Weenie Hut Jr. Because we're saying, like, <laughs> I'm literally picturing myself. If Jake is with me, no matter who we're with, we will pray before our meal out loud right. together. If I am alone with someone who doesn't usually pray before their meal, I literally did this yesterday. I was like, yeah. I'm not doing it. I'm yeah. just a weenie. I can't do yeah. it. <laughs> and like, yeah. But but when Jake is with me, 
I'm like, let's do this. Like, there's kind of right. no question about it. Right. And I, right. that's such a silly example. We keep giving the praying before a meal example, but it's like, I no, think it's that so just, freaking it's true, though, so you guys. It's so true. It's like in everything. Yeah. It's so much easier with someone striving for heaven right next to you. And that Absolutely. can be in a friendship or a spouse. But like, yeah. if you're trying to do this on your own, it's going to be a hundred times harder. It's so yeah. hard. Yeah. And there are times that you have to do it on your own. Oh, and yeah. Absolutely. Like today when you were at lunch, you know, like it, it yeah. will come up. Like Megan and I literally talked about this on my way into work. And I was like, okay, yep, totally. And then I didn't pray before my meal today. <laughs> yeah. And we had yeah. just talked about it with all of yep. this convic- like this conviction. And it's just yeah. like, what's the worst thing that's going to happen there? <laughs> The person across from you is going to give an uncomfortable, oh, I'm so sorry. And then they're going to bow their head because they're going to be uncomfortable. And then there might be, I don't know, another 15 seconds of discomfort as you get back on track. And then they're either going to be so uncomfortable that they talk to you about it and ask why you pray before you eat. Or they're going to push past it and you're going to figure out how to carry on the conversation. And then you'll keep living. Like, it's going to be okay, you know? And that's what I had to tell myself when I was, like, very actively on mission on campus. Like, what's the worst going to happen? They're going to reject you. Okay, then you just go to the chapel and you either cry about it or laugh about it with Jesus. And you go home and you keep going. Like, it's fine, you know? So, I don't know. I'm just like, things have got to shift. Sisters and brothers, they absolutely must. And... The kingdom of heaven is at hand. It is literally that serious. It's that serious that Jesus split up all of his best friends that Mm -hmm. he was hanging with and didn't have that much time with. And he said, see you later. I'm detached. I love you guys. Have fun. It's going to be very hard. You can do it. I'm with you in spirit. Like, yeah, there's just so much. It's so it's so grave. It's literally the biggest daily nothing we could be discussing. And I just. Pray that you guys have a little fire in your butt right now because I do. I know. I do too. A fire to like strive for sainthood more seriously and a fire to just not be afraid to share the little moments and the little ways that Jesus is working in my life. Totally. Yeah. Those things. Obviously, there are some things in prayer that should stay between you and the Lord, but there's probably a lot that can be shared with those around mm-hmm. us and yeah. we probably should start sharing a little yeah. more. Yeah. And if you don't know what should and shouldn't be scared, just ask Jesus. I think that we always forget yeah. that we can just ask him. So, yeah, that is so true. So good. Yeah. Well, I think wow. that is a great way to wrap things up. I that so was too. phenomenal to discuss with you, Megan. Thank you for yeah, having me. LOL. <laughs> LOL. Um, thanks for having me. <laughs> Absolutely. And I encourage you guys to take this to heart and just to go do something bold with it. Um, I'm going to try to do the same. I really am. So me too. I'll be praying for you guys. Pray for me very hard as well. And just ask Jesus for help. He wants to give it to you. So. Yeah. All right. Cool. We'll see you next well, week, Well, thank folks. you guys. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.